Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First of yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZFB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Uh, so we've, uh, we've got new uh, rental rules coming in, uh, a lot to do with uh, heating and cooling, and are they over the top? Uh, the Olympics. I think we, it's time to pull the plug on that, isn't it, for this year? Uh, last year's Olympics that were going to be happening this year, and are they? Uh, can you grow peanuts in New Zealand and uh, what Simon got up to over the holidays, or what he didn't get up to? Uh, well, I'll explain all that shortly, but first up, uh, oh, bummer if you were on your way to Australia when they, um, they, they pulled the pin on that travel bubble thing, eh? Remember when we were preparing to have a two-way bubble with Australia, then New South Wales comes down with the galloping COVIDs and it's all off. They sort it out. We're cautiously, because this country is all about caution and, you know, fair enough. We're ready to go again. Then we get a case of the galloping COVIDs and we don't know how far it's gone. The Aussies claim everything they've done is with a focus on health. They accept they're being super cautious. They don't think there's a, a very real risk. But they say that past experience has, has meant that they must take a super cautious approach, especially after the situation in Melbourne last year. But you'd have to wonder, is there an element of tit-for-tat politing, politicking in there as well? You know, The Aussies wanted a two-way bubble. We've been very resistant to the idea. They went ahead anyway, and now they have cause to close that bubble, to prick the bubble. They are doing so quickly. Is it all about health, or is there politics in there as well? Jeez, it's a complicated business, isn't it? A mate of mine uh, lives in Melbourne, uh, was here over Christmas. Uh, and uh, got back to Melbourne. We just went straight to his house. You know, got off the plane, went through the airport straight to his house. Amazing, isn't it? How you can do that? Of course, you can't do that just at the moment. But it was good while it lasted, wasn't it? Um, I, when I say his house, he he, he just rents. I wonder what their rules are like compared to ours, especially when it comes to heating and cooling. Heating and cooling rentals is one thing. Getting tenants to use it is another. How many landlords are putting in very expensive air conditioning units and heat pumps, paying all that money up front for installation, only to have the tenant never use it because the cost of running it is too high? The New South Wales government's got a cool plan, literally, to plant trees across Sydney, $37.5 million worth of trees, to be frank, are to increase the green canopy and cool the suburbs down, which makes sense to me, beautifies the place with greenery and cools it down. That's smart, because there, like here, fear of high energy bills is making people wary of switching on the aircon. It is, of course, the tenant's choice. What they opt for in terms of heating or cooling the place, they can use the aircon or open a window or use a fan. It's up to them. And I think it's good now, honestly, to be frank, that they actually get a choice. I'm not against insulating rentals at all, Personally, as a landlord, I'd rather a tenant whine about a high power bill than not being able to warm up or cool down their home. I just wonder whether the government hasn't gone a bit over the top here in just how extreme the heating and cooling measures need to be. Not just for the landlords who have to pay to install it, but ultimately for the tenants who have to use it. Oh man, things have certainly come a long way. I remember my first flat. 
Oh my god, it was so freezing. Uh, you used to go to bed wearing half your wardrobe. And that was you know, with a heater in your room. That uh, was, was horrendous. Um, anyway, uh, now, I mean, I mean, at least, you know, I mean, that was just Hamilton. Marcus lives living at the wrong end of the country. Imagine how cold that gets in winter. But that wasn't what he was talking about last night. Jab the league players and the Olympians, Marcus. We need the distraction. What is it? A thousand athletes max. Surely we can do this after the front line is. I don't think. I, I think someone's got to make the call and say the Olympics aren't going to go ahead. I'd be very surprised. Um, in fact, I don't think it's going to happen. I would say that there's no way in the world it will happen, which is a heartbreak for them. They'll have spent billions of dollars getting it all up, and those stadiums will kind of, well, in some ways, probably be useless. I'm, do um, can you know with the sports betting? Uh, these days, can you uh, bet on whether a sport will actually go ahead any given event? That seems to be a more appealing kind of a bet than actually betting on things that happen in the sport itself. Um, pick Pico of Pick's Pico, uh, Pick's Peanut Butter, I've got all my keywords mixed up there. Uh, has been having a close look on whether you can grow peanuts in New Zealand. How's that working out? Okay, so how's this come about? Have you run into some trouble getting hold of uh, peanuts for your peanut butter? Well, we used to get all our peanuts out of Australia and then they started having droughts and stuff and, and, the, and the crop was reducing and reducing and we've been scratching around all over the world to get the higher rate peanuts we need And but I've always been really keen on growing them in New Zealand so... Um, you know, this is the first year we've actually done proper field trials. It's fantastic. Okay, so when you had a bit of a look around the rest of the world, other than Australia, did you run into trouble there as well? We did have problems. So we um, we had some we had some problems getting our, getting exporting our peanuts that we'd posted from South America into our to our customers after we turned them into our customers in the UK. Um, but we we sort of managed to resolve that. But it's it's been, we've been you know scratching around all over the place to get the nuts, and when they're coming from the other side of the world, you know, with the, especially with the the freight issues we're having around COVID, you know, it's become really difficult to um, make sure we've got continued supply. <laughs> Is that your dog pick? That's Fido, yeah. He's getting very excited. Oh, man. Listen, so um, is it difficult to grow peanuts? I mean, do you do you have a bit of concern about being able to get them going up north? Well, not really. I mean, you know, the, the Declan and those guys really know, you know, about agronomy and, and what stuff grows where. So they've done a lot of work on it. And the crop that I've, I was up there last week, up in Dargaville, and, uh, you know, it's all looking pretty damn fine. Isn't it weird that we've just, it's just sort of obviously never really occurred to us to try and grow peanuts? before but there's no real reason why we can't I wonder about it with the banana situation I seem to see lots of people with banana palms in their at their houses that seem to have bananas growing on them why are we not doing that commercially I noticed that my banana yesterday was from Mexico when, when did we start bringing in bananas from Mexico anyway um, I love peanut butter uh, pick, he keeps it simple, doesn't he? I mean, that was, that's the principle behind the old Pick's peanut butter, is that it's basically just peanuts. But uh, but he keeps it, you know that he keeps it simple when the dog is, is called Fido, don't you? It's not the most creative, complicated name for a dog. Um, what happened, thinking of 
speaking of keeping things simple, uh, what went wrong? Well, how did things get so complicated for Simon on, uh, on the lake over the holidays? Went out on the boat, but I was boating up the lake yep. and then blow me down. Just like imagine this and you're in your car and suddenly the car dies. That's exactly what happened to my boat in the middle of Lake Wakatipu. The boat just died. It, it just died. The motor stopped. The boat just came to a grinding halt. And that was it. We were floating on the lake and I'm like, what? I've never had that before. Yeah. And it's embarrassing because you feel like a goober. I said, uh, yeah, Alpha Bravo Foxtrot Charlie, oh, I, appear to be, uh, I appear to be stranded again. So how close are you to ring a Toto, mate? <laughs> the guy says, have you all got life jackets yet? Well, we're wearing life jackets. He said, they're rough. And I said, no, it's calm as you like. He said, so how long have you been drifting? I said, oh, about an hour. And um, he goes, right, well, we'll get on to it. So they rang some. But, we, but anybody that knows that southern lake, you drift towards the Kawado Bridge. So it's a lovely right. lake. And then it goes through the neck of the lake. And suddenly you're in the shot over river, which is rapids. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I'm drifting sorry. towards the bridge going, holy hell. They oh, so get... a little boat like you've got doesn't have an anchor or anything. Oh, it, it does have an anchor. And I probably, yeah, it's probably a good idea. I could have anchored up. But just you don't even think about that. Yeah, good point. Oh, oh stressing. God. So, Tyler, I'm so glad I'm, I would never go on this boat with old Captain Sea Dog here. Thanks very much. So, so, here okay, I am, yeah. so here I am, old Gilligan, out there in the middle of the lake. I've got my hat on, my life jacket, one of those big, ugly, yellow life jackets, right. and the, the kids are saying... In case you have to jump ship. <laughs> kids are saying... Over the rapids. What do we do, Dad? Kids, you're on your own. <laughs> Dad's gone. Put your life jackets on and hopefully we'll see you again. No, I said help's coming. Help was real slow. Like, to be honest, if, I, if we were sinking, I would have been really packing myself, but we yeah. weren't sinking. Anyways, they sent the Kawado jet out, which takes, you know, Japanese really? tourists up the, yeah, up the Kawado. They came out. Uh, a jet boat. Jet boat. You got big, rescued by <laughs> They threw a rope around the boat and towed us back to the marina. I was so grateful. I said to the bloke, lovely guy, Sean, I think his name was, lo- he's the owner. I said, mate, what do I owe you? You know, I was really embarrassed. I said, what do I owe you? And he said, well, our guys tend to work in the currency of Steinlager. So I said, good enough. So I dropped off a box of beers and Bob's your uncle, and there we go. Please tell me it was Steinlager Pure and not Steinlager, just ordinary Steinlager. No, because it was definitely worth more than ordinary Steinlager. Well, um, okay. That's why, you know, you shouldn't just let anybody have a boat, obviously. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been news to have been. Shouldn't just let any old person have a podcast either. They've let me have one, and I'll be back with it again tomorrow. See you then.